hello, 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 my sweet, sweet, beautiful dancing unicorns. Today, we have a special guest on the podcast, one of my dear friends, Allie Bridgers. We have been friends, I think we've decided since we were 24 or 25 in Nashville, and we have gone through every phase of your 20s and your 30s together, like our party girl phase, our girl boss phase, every phase together. And she really has been my accountability partner through all things manifestation. We both stumbled on to be magnetic which is Lacey Phillips' manifestation process formula. It's a podcast. You guys can check it out. And she and I went through that workshop together and really kind of became manifestation buddies, which I think is a really fun thing to do and practice if you have a friend who is interested in any of this work. It's just nice to have a really safe space to come to a friend and be like, hey, shoot me straight. Where am I not seeing this? Is this a test? Is this a ping? You know, I love the verbiage around the manifestation world. And it's also nice to have someone who shares that, you know, respect for you and also admiration for the work and the process. So Allie Bridgers, she has a crazy background. She worked for the Home Edit for many years. She was on a Netflix show. She has done a little bit of everything. She's truly a woman of many hats. She has a podcast with her sister. It's called Go Call Your Sister. They are so cute and so fun. And I just adore both of them. I feel like they are my sisters. <laughs> and I really, res really resonate with Allie's little sister. We are quite similar. And I think that's why Allie and I are such a good energetic match because even though I, I believe I'm a year older than Allie, I still feel like I'm like, Allie, you give such good big sister energy. So we love her. She's a queen. Just launched her own branding agency called Wildflower. And it's all about helping brands bloom and enabling brands to tell their story and to create a new identity and to share and to grow. So she is doing amazing things, but we talk about how she knew it was time to leave her job. And that's a huge one for you guys. You know, you're ready for the next thing. How do I leave my job? How do I know when it's time? Moving across the country. She talks about how she did a massive move, healing from heartbreak, and most importantly, overcoming perfectionism, how to not get stuck and trapped in this loop of it needs to be perfect. You guys, we will live our whole life waiting on things to be perfect and waiting on people to make things happen for us. You got to just go out and do it. But here's the kicker, day by day, one step at a time. You don't have to know all the parts and pieces. You just got to let it fall into place because it will. And Allie is such a testimony. She's like, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And <laughs> she shares a lot about her journey. And I think this can be, this is a message that a lot of women need to hear because I think it can something that can cripple a lot of people out of fear, it won't be good enough or perfect enough. And Allie is going to debunk all of those pesky, silly thoughts in your head today. So without further ado, my sweet friend, new entrepreneur, owner, founder, and CEO of Wildflower and fellow podcast host of Go Call Your Sister, Allie Bridgers, we welcome you to the show. Yay, you guys. I have a very special friend. I'm at the end of my LA tour and I am so excited. Allie was out of town for a little bit and she came back in town and I'm like, oh, it just feels so good. This is like nourishing for my soul <laughs> to have you on the mic and I just know. spend time with you. So Allie Bridgers, welcome to AG University. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I am so happy that you're I've here. had the best two days hanging out with you. I know. <laughs> we really had so much fun. I know. We did Malibu. We've done beach. We've done unicorn cards. We've done the most. We have done the most. We have, we have been running around. We just had to take 
some grounding breaths. We did. Because we have just been like sweeping through LA and all around. We are. I'm like a tornado. I'm just blowing through this place. Also, we are just in the absolute throes of West Hollywood, but great studio. Great yeah, spot. Yeah, I love this. Everything. It's so fun. I know. Here with you. We have um, done podcast recordings for my podcast. Yes. But, um, never in studio so this is fun I know well also I, I really do love doing it in person as much as I can so yeah. and we never get to see each other I know we're so spread out now we are so spread so Allie and I actually became friends when she was working was it bread and butter PR? yeah it was a PR firm right out of college yeah right out of college and I was a you know just a young <laughs> young hip influencer on the fly at the time, a micro influencer. And Allie invited me to, it was some type of restaurant opening or something in Nashville. Yeah. Some opening. Some opening. Just, she, I was on her roster. Do you know what it was? What? It was the Fire Pot Nomadic Tea Party. What a specific, how did you remember I that? I don't know. It just came to me, which is so ironic that that was the first time we like hung out because it was very like everyone was on cushions on the floor yes. and like the vibes were vibing are the vibes were vibing <laughs> everyone's vibing was is that place still open no not the brick and mortar but they i think they are still around yeah so I don't know, we gotta check it out yeah our origin story <laughs> but then we just really hit it off you know what i think we were both listening to the almost 30 podcast yeah and I feel like we bonded over some type of manifestation, some yeah. type of spiritual girly energy. Maybe it was Lacey Phillips. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Okay, so we we are going to talk a lot about To Be Magnetic today probably because Allie has always been my manifestation accountability buddy and vice versa, like anything mm -hmm. that's going on in our life. So we do like to use the To Be Magnetic languaging, yeah. which is always like ping, which is taking an inspired action. Or, or an expander, which is like someone you would aspire to be like in some way. Right. Someone that's showing you what's possible. Mm -hmm. uh, also, let's see what she always says. What are you calling in? Like what yeah. are you manifesting? Another one is tests when mm -hmm. the universe is testing you. And, you know, basically it's if you were to create a manifestation list and, you know, 75% of the list is there, but the the other 25 is not. The universe is testing you to see if you will hold hold the faith, trust that the full 100% is coming and that you're worthy of the 100%. So tests are another one that Allie the like, listen, this is a test. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, tell me, run me through all the details. So yeah, I love how we like, we don't talk every day, obviously, because we, you know, have, we're in different places. And, but whenever we do talk, it's like two hours long of yes. us like, Oh, I had this test come up or, you know, this is on my list. Yes. We're always, I know it is so fun. Cause it's fun. We talk, I like that we have a, a little bit of time in between because then that's when some magic will really happen. And you're mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I just moved to LA and I got this shoot and all these things are happening. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> so Ali, I brought you here today because a lot of people I feel are in the in-between Z's. Mm in between seasons, right? We're, we're, we're wanting a certain outcome. Maybe it's time for us to leave our job, start a new career, start our own thing, go out on our own, start a new manifestation. And I just felt like you were the perfect person because you have really been in this, like, I'm jumping off of a mountain and I'm going to fly phase of just not knowing what's on the other side, but I'm just going to take off. <laughs> and I'm really proud of you for that because Thanks. I know that that has been something that you were like, no, I'm just going to do it because mm -hmm. why not? So Allie, take us through kind of your, your recent situation. Yeah. Last job. Give us a little bit about you yeah. and kind of what's been going on. It's so funny because if I would have woken up as myself now, like 
five months ago, I still would be like, this is to- like my life is totally different. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, um, yeah, to kind of talk a little bit about my background, I went to Ole Miss and graduated from college, moved straight to Nashville, started working, and I'm the typical oldest child, um, type A, you Which know. Human design. Human design, manifesting generator, 2AT. Um, always have to have lots of things happening at once. Um, and yeah, so I moved to Nashville, you know, started, um, started out in a job working in PR, you know, like I said, that's how we met. Mm -hmm. Um, and from there I moved to the home edit. I was on the brand team there. Um, She was on Netflix season two. (laughs) Very briefly. Um, (laughs) but yeah, that was a really fun experience too, because I was around a lot of women who were very expansive to me. Um, Clea and Joanna, the founders of the home edit. And also we, while I was there, we were acquired by Hello Sunshine. So getting to work um, in the company that Reese Witherspoon founded was really, really cool and just an amazing experience. So yeah, I think, you know, a lot of my 20s were me kind of moving through the motions and doing the things that I think people expected me to do. And I just had this realization like towards kind of within the past year of just like knowing that I was meant to be doing something else, Mm -hmm. but not knowing what it was yet. So I was in that in-between period, which Mm -hmm. can be very, very frustrating. Um, And yeah, I just decided, I'm like, I'm going to stop waiting for someone to invite me to do something. Like I'm just going to stop and I'm going to just jump and do it. Right. Um, And I've always wanted to work for myself. I've always been very independent and, driven. And so that was just something that has always been at the top of my vision list, the top of my manifestation list, um, starting my own thing. And I've started different things in the past, but they've never been like fully, um, full time or anything like that. And so I wanted to just jump completely. And that started with moving. I had been in Nashville for seven years and I love Nashville. It's very near and dear to my heart and it's my home. Like I have a great community there and I just needed a change. And so I moved to Nashville. I went through a horrible breakup this past spring. Um, And long story short, I ended up meeting my current boyfriend. And very shortly after, we decided to move to L.A. together over the summer. Um, And we did. We just decided really quickly and things just started moving. And I feel like when you jump off a cliff, like the next one comes up very quickly. And it's just like, are you going to jump from here? Are you going to jump from here? And it just gets higher and higher and higher. And I think the universe does test you to see like, will you jump? Um, And so the moving was a big jump for me. And then after we got here, I had the opportunity to um, quit my job and start my own um, marketing venture, which I am in the very early stages of, but it's really fun. And so proud of you. Just, you know, for me, my what I love to do is bring visions to life. I'm very good at executing and just kind of taking something from the idea stage and putting it into reality and making it a thing, like an actual physical thing. And so, you know, my my vision for this company um, called Wildflower, helping brands bloom. I love. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my vision is working with founders to just bring their their visions to life in whatever way that comes about. Whether it's experiential, um, whether it's you know building out their website, their social media, um, just finding the best way to tell their stories and bringing them to life. And so. That's what I'm doing these days. And um, yeah, I it's it's been a wild ride. <laughs> it's been a crazy ride. So yeah. I'm going to dissect a couple of things. Just obviously, I'm on the inside and I know a little more details. Yep. 
So first of all, I want you to tell them the moment where you're in your previous job where you're like, okay, I've got to leave. I have no idea where I'm going. Mm -hmm. But what, but what, what was the feeling? How did yeah. you know it was time? I've actually had a lot of moments this past year of knowing that I need to be doing something different without knowing what it was. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of like jumping into the unknown. First, I think that was with my breakup. Um, it was with someone we had dated for a year. I have known him or I had known him since I was a freshman in college. And um, I thought that that was it. Like, we're going to get married. We're going to live together, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of just remember having this very significant moment of just like, this is not it. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And I kept hearing that voice like, trust me, trust me, trust me. And shortly after that, I resisted it for a couple of weeks and then everything kind of fell apart very quickly and um, we broke up and I didn't really know what that was going to look like on the other side because, you know, for the past year I had been planning, you know, my life being with this person. Um, and then, you know, next came the moving and I didn't know, well, first of all, my, my lease ended in Nashville and I lived with my best friend for six years and we were very comfortable together, just, you know, a <laughs> happy little couple. Um, and our lease was ending and our landlord was like, Hey, I need you to resign for the, for the next year. And I just had this feeling like I can't like, no. And it was very loud and clear, and I didn't know where I was going to be living, if I was going to find my own place in Nashville or if I was going to move somewhere. And so I just had to kind of say no and stay open to what was what was coming. And, um, you know, then the L.A. opportunity came up and just kind of jumped into that, not really knowing um, what it was going to be like to be out here. And then, you know, with my job, I think, um, like I said, I've always wanted to to do my own thing. And I've always – it's been great, though, the experience that I've had because I've been very fortunate to work for female-founded companies my entire career and really work around strong, driven, creative women. Um, and there just kind of came a point where I just knew that this wasn't it anymore. I was like, this is not – it and I had that same voice of trust me, trust me, trust me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to listen to that because I had, you know, with the move, with the breakup, with my new relationship, just trust me, trust me, trust me, even though it didn't make sense. Right. Um, and yeah, I just kind of ripped the band-aid off. I'm like, I'm not gonna wait for the invitation of to quit my job. You right. know, it's like you just have to jump and see where you land. And it might be this this company. It might be something totally different. It's just staying open and releasing all expectations. I think that has been like the biggest lesson of this year is just letting all the expectations go because mm. I have such high expectations on myself and situations and people. And that has been the biggest lesson of this year for me. I love that. And I want to touch on too, because you're approaching 30. Yep. And your Saturn return. Yep. Smack dab in the middle of it. And you said you were like, I I think you had a struggle with where you thought you would be at at mm -hmm. 30. And that's something that people write into me often. Yeah. Like, oh, we should be or like what the expectation is. And so I'm curious where your head is at on that topic now. Yeah. Yeah. I, first of all, I'm really excited to turn 30. I think that your twenties are the hardest time of your life just because you're trying to figure out who the hell you are. You know, you're like, you're an adult for the first time. You don't really know your place in the world and just figuring out who you are without your parents or any other influences, I think. Um, but yeah, so every year for my birthday, I pick a word and for 29, it was trust. 
And this year has put me through the ringer with that, just trusting all sorts of situations and things. Um, and yeah, so this year I'm picking an easier word. I think something like ease or money or happy. I don't know, like something a little lighter. I'm going with an easier word, ease. Yeah. <laughs> just easy. Light. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that everyone has that picture of where they thought they would be when they're 30 or 35, 40, 25. Like it's just a monument middle number, I think. Um, and especially growing up in the South, I grew up in Mississippi and, you know, a lot of people that I went to high school and college with, you know, this, you're yeah. from Memphis, like are married. Went to Arkansas. Totally. Yeah. They have kids and that's just not what I wanted. Um, and I thought it would be, but then as I got closer, I was, I got closer and it just, it didn't feel right to me at that moment. And, um, I think it's just really tuning into that voice inside of you that's directing you and like, yes, my life might look different than everyone else's on social media or what it seems like everyone um, right. and what everyone's doing and that's okay. And, you know, it's just staying, staying open to your journey and where you're moving towards and letting yourself go there and like this direction might not work out. It's okay to turn around and try something else and just kind of keep flowing with it in a way. And I know that sounds so woo woo, but I think we get so rigid and like we put ourselves on these timelines of, all right, I'm going to be engaged by this age. I'm going to get married by this age. I'm going to have a kid at this age. And like, how boring is that? You know, like it is so boring to know exactly how your life is going to play out. And I think it's reframing that of like, Yes, this is not, you know, maybe where I thought I would be at 30, but let me reframe that and just, you know, embrace the place that I'm in. And I've been able to travel and just do a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people that I grew up with haven't gotten the chance to do. And so I think it's all about perspective. Oh, absolutely. 100% perspective. Also, I want you to take them through what's coming up around starting a new business. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot there. And I think a lot of people listening want to feel more fulfilled, even if they're not starting a new business and just whatever it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So what has been coming up for you right now in the season of starting a new business, new venture? Yeah. So I have been a perfectionist my entire life. Like ever since I was a little kid, I did not like people messing up my room, my toys. (laughs) Like, no, thank you. Um, and I've carried that with me my whole life. And it's honestly so freaking exhausting to be like that. And <laughs> in the car earlier today, she goes, I'm, I'm a serious person. I know that I'm quite serious. <laughs> like, she was saying, that's why we're friends. I'm like, yeah, cause I, I'm just blowing. I'm living on a prayer. Yeah. I can't be friends with myself. I would <laughs> kill them. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, you know, starting anything. It's like, you want to be perfect at it. Like mm-hmm. you want to start something and you want it to be like the final version and it just doesn't work that way like you have to start from the bottom from the beginning and you have to build up and I've started other things I had um a beauty booking company for a couple of years and um you know I think for a while with that I was really frustrated because it wasn't to the point of perfection that I wanted it to be Mm -hmm. but looking back like I learned so many lessons in building that business even though it didn't play out like I wanted it to um But yeah, I think, you know, around starting Wildflower, I've experienced a lot of fear of just like launching it and it not working out or um, not being perfect. And I think something I've learned about myself is 
and like perfectionists in general is instead of, um, you know, with starting something, it can often turn into like procrastination and like hesitancy and kind of you freeze because you want it to be perfect so bad and you're kind of scared that it, that it won't be. So you just kind of go into like freeze mode. Mm -hmm. And I think that you and I, you and I talked about this on the beach the other day in Malibu, that it's just putting out that one stone and taking that one step. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like, okay, this is the entire path. Like this is the plan from point A to point Z. It's just A to B, B to C. Yes. And that's something that I'm really embracing with this. Mm. Um, And also just like how you want to feel while you're doing something. I think, you know, doing my nine to five corporate girl job, um, you know, I don't want to take that feeling into this. I want to be really intentional in how I want my days to feel. And you and I talk a lot about like, you know, instead of focusing on the long term, what does it look like? It's more so like, how does it feel to wake up every day and own your own business and work with these types of clients? Mm -hmm. How do you want to feel as a founder, as a leader? How do you want to come across to, to people that you want to work with? Right. Absolutely. I think there's so much of the building phase, even as you said, like, I love your example of, you know, you built this other company, your beauty subscription concierge. I don't even know how to describe it. It changed a couple of times. Yeah. (laughs) But still, it was something that you were really passionate about and you really put yourself out and you guys, Allie would hold like board meetings at her home. She would get like 30 (laughs) girls together, all her girlfriends. We would have like a charcuterie board and she proved she had a PowerPoint presentation for us and took us through her vision and asked us for feedback. And you were really inspiring to me in the sense of how, one, anytime any of us girlies have an idea, like you guys make a little PowerPoint, invite your friends over for some popcorn and movies and be like, listen, I'm going to show you a quick PowerPoint, get a little feedback because it really shows me one, you took that business so seriously from the beginning. You were like, I'm doing this. This is a thing. You built it out. She built the software. I mean, it was, it was a whole production and all of those skills are going to perfectly feed into this next business that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I always want to tell people, and we talked about this, like there really is no mistake or no failures. There's not, even if, you know, of course you wanted that business to take off full time, but you learned how to pitch yourself. You learned how to get investors. You were hustling. I mean, you learned, you had a partner. I mean, you really like went through all these phases on top of working you guys a nine to five job. She, she did all of this like on the weekends, like we were doing, I was one of her test client or control group. And I loved it. I booked a ton of massages through her beauty app. I was like, absolutely. You had a lot of points. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I love a beauty, a beauty buck beauty buck, beauty moment. But anyways, all that being said, I think it's really good for everyone to hear that, you know, even the cards today, you're like, I don't regret that at all. For sure. It didn't pan out, but that's, that's us releasing the expectation. Oh yeah. Because now when you start this with wildflower, who knows your first client could be a beauty client. You'd be like, listen, I've got all the data. I've got all the information and there's no mistakes and there's no coincidences. I think it goes back to what we were talking about, just like letting life flow and take you where it's going to take you. Um, and especially being a perfectionist, like you have such high expectations on everything you do, but reframing like, okay, yes, it did not pan out the way you thought it was going to going to pan out. And that's okay. Look at what you learned. And you know, wildflower, this might not be the be all end all, like this could lead me to another business and then another one after that. And that's okay. And I think that we have such a warped view of success because, you know, with social media, it's like you see everyone's, you know, highlight and all the things that are going right in their life, but you don't see like all the the hard days and the work that goes into what you're building. And, you know, it's not going to look 
perfect and shiny and that's okay because you're going to learn from it and you just have to know that you're not stuck in any place like you know yeah you started this business and it's time to throw the towel in okay walk away from it like Mm -hmm. no one is gonna care except for you like you just can't place that judgment on yourself and you know for another example like you could move somewhere and take what you need from being there and move like we were in Nashville or we were in LA for two months and we decided you know we've we've gotten what we needed out of this and let's, let's move on. And it was short, but it was worth it to me. I don't regret that at all either because I would never have quit my job if it would not have been for LA. Yes. If your lease had not come up, the LA opportunity had not presented itself. You would still be at your job. So the universe was like, okay, we got to just move her around. We got to ping her around a little bit. Yeah. It's like a little shake her up. Yeah. Shake her up, <laughs> give her a little shake up and then send her on her way. Cause it's like, you know, where you're meant to be. And like you said, you're someone that, you know, you've, you've had a plan, you've been serious. And, and I'm so proud of you for just being like, I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the next step is. We're going A to B. Yeah. B to C. Yeah. We're taking it little by little and just allowing it. But everything has flown perfectly and everything that you needed has been provided for you. And it's really crazy when we allow ourselves to step back and be like, oh, wow, I did that. Like, yeah, everybody listening, I want you to look at the last year of your life. And there were some very hard moments and look back and be like, I did that. Yeah. I moved that mountain. And this is what I learned. Yeah. Yeah. It might not have panned out exactly how you thought, but that's okay. It's just taking that harshness off of yourself and being really gentle. I think Um, that's something that I struggle with because I am my harshest critic. I am very hard on myself. And I think the lesson in all of this has been have some grace for yourself and let yourself just be, you know, like, and I know that sounds so simple and it's so hard, but, um, yeah, just take away the criticism and just embrace the the things that you've learned. Mm, I love that. I remember when you were like, I'm just going to be. Everything yeah. Alex said, that was like one of your words. It was like 28. Yeah, yeah it was like, 28. I, I just want to be. I'm just, I just want to be. And I, I was like, I know. Someone always says, we are human beings, not human doings. Yeah. And I loved that because like it is so true. Like if we were to, we could sit on this mic. I could have a spirituality podcast till the cows come home and talk about all the things. The most spiritual thing you can do is just exist. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Like if you think about it, all the limiting beliefs, all the things that we're working on, it's like all like stuff we've created, you know? Yeah. And if we just really were to strip it back, like being spiritual is just like being your authentic self. Totally. Boom. That's all it is. It's so hard for people like me who are doers and it's like do, 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 do. And you run yourself ragged and into the ground. And, you know, I think that, um, Yeah, it's just having – I think also, like, for me, a lot of my worth was tied up in the things that I do Mm. and having to, like, earn it and, like, go out there and achieve. And that is so exhausting, like I said. And, you know, really just getting okay with the fact that, like, you're worthy because you're here. Like, against all odds, like, you were born. Like, you are part of this universe. And you're already worthy. Like, you don't have to do anything to prove that. And it honestly gives you a lot more freedom to try things because you don't feel like you have to succeed at every single thing. It gives you the freedom to say, hey, you know what? That didn't work, but maybe this next thing will. And I'm going to take what I need from that and be done with it. Absolutely. Take Just taste test. I'm yeah. such a throw spaghetti at the wall girly. Like, the other day I was on a podcast and someone was like, oh, my gosh, you know, Anna Grace – AG University, I can't believe it. your first episode charted. That's crazy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my first episode after posting every day on social media for seven years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
there, I feel like people get these glimmers of these highlight reels, but I'm like, first I was a wardrobe stylist. I was a fashion editor of a magazine. I did social media. Then I was a shoe model at one point. (laughs) I was a foot model. Okay. For a high-end designer shoe store. And then I, you know, then I got picked up in Nashville and then it was like, I got connected doing styling and then that connected me to this. And it's like, I've had, I've had 19 businesses already. But I don't consider any of that a failure. I'm like, yeah, it's just the next step or a transition or I pivot. I love to say I pivoted. Oh, yeah. When something didn't work out, I'm like, I just pivoted. Big pivot. <laughs> I'm just because pivoting. Honestly, like if you just stay with something just to stay with it, like what is the good in that? No. And I think there's like some like nobility. My mom used to say that she's like, your generation is very like has a lot of different jobs and very like jump around. And I'm like, yeah, I love that for us because at the end of the day, no one is going to give you a trophy for staying at your corporate job for 25 years. Oh, yeah. Like no one cares. I was actually really proud of myself recently because I started reading this book that I did not like and I just stopped reading it. I didn't keep going. And that goes so against my nature in so many ways. And I was like, look at that progress. That is the most Allie Bridger thing I've ever heard. I just decided I don't have to read this book. Yeah, I'm done with it. But I do think there is this pressure for like us to – we have to finish everything we start. And I have – I had to reprogram that because I am very much so like I'm a taste maker. That's part of my Mm -hmm. human design. I like to taste a lot of things, even like on a menu. I want to order like five different things just to taste them. But I had to like really talk myself through like you don't have to like eat the whole thing. Yeah. Just have a little nibble. You can just read a few pages. Right. You can just take what you need. You can move here for a second and then move move, somewhere else. Move somewhere else. Start this business. Start something else. And that's why human design was such a big thing for me because that was the first tool that really helped me embrace how I am and how I should be. Because as a manifesting generator, like you're meant to be doing so many different things. Mm. You're meant to have your hand here and there and back here and over over there. And and that's okay. And that's the way that you're supposed to function and thrive. Absolutely. And for anyone listening, I always plug this. I'm not affiliated. I wish I was. But my human design app is the one that Allie and I both use. And it really is. It, it was just such a permission slip. Yes. For me, I always tell people it gave me permission to sleep more because I'm so sleepy. <laughs> like you guys, we've been running around all day today and it's like four o'clock. I'm like, Allie, I'm so glad you guys have go-go juice because she's like, are you getting tired? I'm like, just a little bit. But when I get on the mic, I can turn it on. But it's like, I have always, I always was really, I don't know, I was self-conscious. I always wanted to overcompensate and be like, I'm going to get up early because people who get up early are successful people. What a Mm -hmm. weird story. But that is like a random thing. I think you see it on social media a lot. It's like, if you want to be successful as a business owner, you get up at 6 a.m. And I would like do that. I'm like, for what? No one knows. (laughs) I think too, like, we grew up in this like girl boss hustle culture. Yeah. Which is so toxic. And I'm glad that it's coming to an end. It is. Let's end it. Yeah, Let's like close it's it out. done. Um, but that's like what's forced down your throat. It's like you have to get up early, you have to have this routine, you have to have like blah 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 and be very rigid. And like I remember at one point I was doing this journaling routine that was like fifteen pages a day. And I just like hated journaling and it made me hate it. And I love to journal. And you know, yeah, with being a manifesting generator, it's like I have permission to maybe do this journal routine one day and the next day, maybe I just sleep in or maybe I get on my phone and online shop in the morning and that's okay. Like it doesn't have to be like the same thing every day. 100%. I think anybody that's listening, if you are an undiagnosed manifesting generator, (laughs) you really got to find out because producer Courtney, she's a man gen and she is just the most perfect example because she's just, she's just always dibble dabbling in a lot of things. I'm a dabbler too. So I can really relate to 
manifesting generator profile more so than any generator and reflector are like a little bit further away from me, but man gen is quite close to me and we all work really well together. Yeah. I attract a lot of man gen and yeah, generators. Do. Yeah. So I love that you guys are just like, I want to go over here. I want to go over here. I want to like paint a little, I want to do this a little bit of that. And having no shame and starting over, giving up, throwing in the towel, moving, pivoting, whatever. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. What is that about something about just women? We have to, we feel like we have to see things through even with relationship with men. It's like, I'm gonna oh, see yeah. this through. I'm gonna work on this project. I have to see a fixer upper. I'm gonna fix him. It's like, what? I think it's like that feeling of having something to prove. Like you have to prove that you're successful and the fact that you can, you know, stay with this relationship and force it to work or like stay with this business and make it quote unquote successful and you have nothing to prove. And I think when you realize that and you realize that you're innately worthy without proving anything, it's so freeing and I'm, I'm getting there. It's still something, it's a practice. You have to practice that at every single day. Absolutely. Well, and I always tell people, it's like, once you start to realize the less proving that we need to do, the more that the better job, the better partner mm -hmm. is out there. We're actually just blocking ourselves from receiving, oh, instead of thinking, oh, I can't leave this because there's no one else out there and I'll be alone. All the things like, no, no, no. What if there was something better? <laughs> what if there's a better partner, someone that was more in alignment with you, but we stay in this proving, needing to prove ourselves to people. And and I even had this conversation the other day with a friend that I'm like, okay, what if we, let's turn out all the noise that's going on around us. What do you want to do? Yeah. She was like, you're the first person that's asked me that. I'm like, everybody, I want you to ask yourself right now, what is it that you really want? Yeah. You know, not what your partner wants or what anyone wants. Like I think as a, as a female, oftentimes we want to put other people's needs before yeah. our own. It's, there's some like kind of nurturing maternal thing I don't know what it is but we're like no no no. what is it that you actually want what do yeah. you actually need nobody asks us that and it changes it can change and you yeah. have to give yourself the freedom to let it change like yeah. what I want now is not what I wanted a year ago and that's okay and I think you know going back to turning 30 it's such a pivotal pivotal time Saturn return is real um, and you start to really kind of hear more of that inner voice saying like this is what I want and you let go of all the rest and that's why I think you see people as they approach 30 like completely shifting mm. and just taking these these big leaps because you know you you know who you are I think the closer you get to 30 because you've kind of let all that bullshit of your 20s go mm -hmm. um, and yeah I think it's just you know letting yourself pivot and change. Yeah. I'm so excited. I mean, I look at my mom. I'm Both my parents are about to be 70. I just feel like each year of your life, you care. You give less of a fuck about anything. Like my mom is wildin'. She didn't oh, care yeah. about anything. She really <laughs> doesn't. She's like, I don't care. And I'm like, I am like, sometimes it's inconvenient. Like when we're going through TSA at the airport and she really just is like one of those people that's <laughs> like, I don't want to take my shoes off. You know, she's always making it stink. Yeah. Sometimes that's inconvenient, but I will say both of my parents just, they, they live from like a real place of just really not caring and just really just being happy to be alive. I feel like every year of my life, I care a little bit less. Yeah. And I do think too, the more, the older that you get, the more connected you are to your intuition, to mm -hmm. your soul's purpose, to all the things. And I think that that can start for anyone listening. I mean, I have people that write in that are like, I'm 45 and I just started listening to your podcast and I just started tuning in to my intuition. I'm like, I really feel like the moment that you decide you set the intention of like, I want to tune into my intuition. The moment that you even just make that decision, even if you're like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how it's going to feel. I don't know how it's going to show up. But even if you decide 
I feel each year of your life, it will only continue to get stronger and the universe will only continue to serve you the situations yeah. where you do connect with your intuition. Like the, if, if I could leave one takeaway, it's like, just even set that intention of like, I, I invite in my intuitive voice. Yeah. Say that out loud. And that could really just be a beautiful place for anybody right now. Who's like, I'm in an in-betweensies. I don't know where to start. I'm confused. Just invite it in. Yeah. And I think when you're a doer, like you're so busy doing that it's sometimes hard to hear. And you have to find that way of tuning in because it might look different. Like it looks different for you. It looks different for me. You know, it might be journaling. It might be getting still. It might be going on a solo trip. Like I don't know what it is, but you've got to figure it out. And I don't know about you, but I notice a huge difference when I'm not tuning in and when I feel out of my out of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that those old habits of like self-criticism and just like the negative self-talk, like that's when those things start to tune in. So when I start picking up on those more, it's like, okay, let's get back to ourselves. Like let's, you know, tune in, let's figure out a way to hear that intuition and that voice instead of all like the noise. There's a lot of noise. Yeah. There's a lot of noise from what we've been told just old thought a lot of it's just like old recycled thoughts is what I tell people and it's just like creating a new habit of like no as those as those like voice like you said harshness and self-talk inner critic like it's never gonna like a hundred percent ever go away I mean I th actually I do think it will but like thoughts that we're just like oh I don't want to think that yeah. it's just like not really giving them power or attention yeah and then slowly it just gets quieter and quieter and then it fades and it makes room for this intuitive voice to come in yeah because I do think that you know Allie and I are both talking, both of our partners are very similar in the sense of just being very kind, but also like very intuitive, mm -hmm. very in their knowing without even really having to explain it. You know, like they don't, they're not like, oh, I got this ping. And like, you know, me and Allie have all those words <laughs> where like, I'm like, I was feeling something and this happened the other day. And Austin will be like, I think you should do this. And I'm like, okay. And then he's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's like, I don't know. I just thought that <laughs> like, feeling it's just a feeling. And I'm like, Oh, I have to go journal about it. Yeah. <laughs> to, like meditate on it. I got to meditate. I got to pray. I do a retreat. Like, right. but you know what? It's fine. Cause we're all going to get to the same place. Yeah. But what I've noticed is that I just feel like Austin doesn't like, he doesn't really give into like the drama of like, he just, he can just really like tune things out really quickly. I do think yeah. that's like, that's more like a male energy. Like women, we have a lot more like worries and we want to be lovable and pretty and, yeah. yay, and all the things. But I think that I've, I've summoned it kind of down to that, like on a granular level of just people who are just like in their power are really just not giving any power to any of the noise of oh, the yeah. thoughts in their head or anything. They're like, ah, brush it off. Austin's always like, a thought is just a thought. It just yeah. is. And he can come right back into his. And, and like Ali was saying, there's going to be seasons where you're like, I feel super in tune. Or there's going to be seasons where you're like, I don't know what the fuck, which way is up. I don't know which way is down. I don't know where I am. I'm t turned all around. But I think as long as you have like a moment to find your way back yeah. to, like you said, maybe it's a solo walk, it's a journal, it's anything, you'll be fine. Yeah. And speaking of partners, like this new relationship that I'm in, it's been so refreshing to me because he is so present and like everything he does, he is there enjoying it. Like not just saying he's enjoying it, but like really enjoying it and like soaking it up. And when you're out of your yourself, you're running around and hustling and, you know, spinning and it takes you out of the moment. And so like finding people that encourage you to be in the moment, I think is really helpful and like surrounding yourself with those types of personalities too. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. I forgot that was another part we said. Yeah. Austin is always very present. He's just so like present 
ground, yeah. earth. He's I like, am I'm man. here. Yeah, he's just like, I'm here. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that is so, and it's, it's so simple. Yeah. I'm like, what a simple man. But also in some way, the, the simplest things are the, the most spiritual things. Oh, I overcomplicate everything. Like even the stupid journaling practice. <laughs> I'm like, this should not be this complicated. <laughs> yeah, here's my thing. I feel like, I feel like there is a time and a place for us to have like a little bit of, you know, a routine in the morning. I'm going to do this, but I really just reframe it. Like in the morning time, I'm going to have a little bit of me time. That can look however I want it to be. Whatever sounds most fun for me. Mm-hmm. I really have been wanting to call in just more fun and even the little things. I feel like if you can have fun by yourself, that's when you've really just made it. You know, like, how can I make this journal exercise more fun? Versus, like, Allie's forcing herself to do a 19-page essay. <laughs> She's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out all of my limiting beliefs right now, this morning. <laughs> like, I'm submitting an English paper. <laughs> She's like, I have to get this done by 8 a.m. I'm like, for who? <laughs> for what? Why? But I do. I think I think it's like it's funny we're laughing, but I think a lot of people do it. I mean, I yeah. definitely have like these weird restrictions or restraints that I've had to overcome that I put on myself. I mean, I told Allie, like when I first left my corporate job, I would be like, oh my God, it's a school night. I can't go out. It's yeah. Monday night. What, what are you guys crazy? I work for myself. Right. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm super yeah. like, but like, no, you got to like allow yourself to have people invite you out, like have friends, you know, I, I mean, you know, use your intuition. If it feels aligned, if it feels like a yes, go. Cause that's where you make the connection for maybe a new job opportunity or a new relationship or a new anything. But when we put these, like, I can't do that at seven o'clock. I got to get in bed. I got to do my routine. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, we're like, wait, why are we doing this? Yeah. That's not even fun at all. It's like the rigidity of it. Yeah. It, it sucks away like any sort of possibility or creativity. I Magic. Think. Magic. Yeah. And when we were having this conversation, I was saying like, in my mind, like I'm so programmed to like nine to five is working time. Like I cannot do a workout class at noon. Like that's just a no. And getting out of that because, yeah, I, I can go work out at noon now. Like, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, like the programming and being um, aware of it. Yeah. And like I said, like reimagining it into like how do you want your day to feel? Like how do you want to start your day? Like what are the feelings that you want to take into this? Have you done Have you done like a journal exercise on your dream day? I have, yeah. We talked about this a while ago. Um, I come back to that every now and then. Whenever I start to kind of lose sight of it, I come back and I, I do it again and – it changes. Yeah. That was something Tiana, for you guys listening, Tiana came on the, the podcast and she had a really great episode. If you want to check her out. But she, when I was in this phase of, I think for me, it was more so like relationship. I can't remember what it was. I was manifesting, but she's like, I want you to do a whole, just like one journal exercise, start to finish. You wake up in the morning, you put your feet on the ground. What's in your coffee cup? What's in your tea? What are you drinking? What are like, you know, like kind of just like playing with this like imagination tool of like, journal out like a dream day what would your dream day be and it was just a really fun exercise yeah I think to take you in this like okay well yeah I put on my little cozy robe and my slippers and I I do a little lymphatic drainage massage and then like maybe I make a little dandy root tea you know it's like it's very simple and she but she was like you know how how would you feel like how would you feel living with a partner what would that be like where would you guys live what would he do would he work from home would he go to work like I was like yeah okay this is fun I've never even thought about like the I think we we get so caught up in making a list of like, he's going to be tall. He's going to be handsome. He's going to be six, three. He's going to be this. And it's like, okay, what if those, I think those lists have a time and a place. Absolutely. You can make a partner list or a job list, have these requirements, but at the ultimately at the end of the day, it's like, how do you want to feel with that person? Yeah. Where are you going to be? How do you right. want them to make you feel? How do you want them to feel? There's so much I think that gets kind of lost. So I like doing this, like what's a, what's like a dream day or a yeah. dream, you know, situation. What would that be like? Because 
that reality is very real to you. Yeah. I think you have to define the vision to hold the vision. Like right. you can't just, you know, have this vague idea. I think it's important to kind of get into the nitty gritty of how you want things to look and not even look, but how you want things to feel. I think um, I was really able to call in like this next relationship very quickly because you know, my whole life I had always done the list of like, he must be six, six, three, brown hair, green, you know, like all the stupid stuff. And then after I went through that breakup, I really tuned in on like how, like you said, how does this relationship feel? Like, what does it feel like to come home to this person? Like, what do they feel like when they talk to you? And, you know, that really kind of sped things up, I think. But kind of speaking of, um, you know, simplifying it and, you know, the, the journal practice, um, Mario, my new boyfriend, I guess not new at this point, my my boyfriend, he is so good at that and he doesn't know he's doing it. But we'll be driving around like the other day we were driving through Malibu and he was like, let's just imagine, like, let's imagine what it would be like to live here. I'm like, you know, you're manifesting, right? And he was like, Really? Like, yeah, no idea. <laughs> Men are such simple creatures. But so, they're really on to something. Yeah. Simplicity is key. So simple. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I just spent an hour and a half journaling about that, but sure. <laughs> sure. I was working hard, but you're just you're just like just driving. I, I feel like driving is such a good time to manifest. Mm -hmm. I always like to put on music and just kind of like visualize me doing something because it's such oh, a yeah. fun time to be like, beep up, I'm in a music video and I don't know, whatever yeah. I'm doing. That main character energy. Main character energy <laughs> is driving in the car. Yeah. Putting on a good tune and then being like, okay, what am I doing? What is she wearing? How am I going to feel when I walk in? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just fun. Yeah, it I, is fun. I, I love that. He's, he's like, let's just imagine. Our imagination is our greatest tool. And I'm sad. That's another thing. Programming, speaking of. As a child, I was just absolutely the most imaginative creature. So in La La Land, never paid attention. And I remember I used to always get in trouble. Anna Grace is always just staring out the window. And I like, I'm like, oh, me to baby Anna Grace. Keep staring <laughs> out the window. Don't listen to them. <laughs> Don't yeah. change a thing. You're perfect. But it is funny because our imagination is such a tool. Yeah. Mario's tapped in. He's tapped in. Have you done a lot of inner child work? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really crucial too. I think that's really crucial too. Allie was the one friend that was like, yeah, well, you do inner child work and then you start doing inner teenager work. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh shit, I hadn't thought about that. It's so true. Like there's so much of our teenage years. That's like, that's like my heartbreak era. Yeah. You know, that was like the first time where there's I was like. so much wounding. There's so much wounding where I was heartbroken. Yeah. No, you guys, I really can't believe I'm going to say this on the microphone because I'm fully engaged to another man, but <laughs> it's okay. The podcast always gets the tea. I don't know if Austin's going to listen to this one. It's fine. I've already told him, but. There was like a couple of months where I vividly dreamt of my high school boyfriend and nothing like nothing happened, but I was always like, we were like kind of reunited and I was like really excited to see him. I was like, oh my gosh. And one of them, I told him like, I'm about to get engaged. And I told my therapist, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I don't see this man. I don't talk to this man. I have no idea. Like we have, we have not spoken in six plus years. I mean, I've even been to Memphis. Like, why is this coming up? And she was like, yeah, it's your, your inner teenager. There's some there's something there that you need to explore because it, and I feel like I worked through that and I haven't dreamt of them since. So yeah. it's like, I felt like that shadow for inner teenager. I've done a lot of the inner child and I feel like I've gotten to a really good place. And then it wasn't until like six or eight months ago, Allie and I were talking about inner teenager. Cause I'm like, that was a lot of wounding around, you know, like dating and putting yourself out there and getting rejected and, mm -hmm. and really being such a dodo bird on being like, I just remember I was just so like in love with this one guy and just so desperado 100, you know, like yeah. if, if he would break up with me, if he would take me back, like I just had no self-worth in those situations. And yeah. I think everybody goes through that. You have to oh, learn yeah. the hard way. 
but that was really my heartbreak era yeah. was doing inner teenager work. And my therapist was like, when you had dream of these people that you were in relationships with, she's like, that's your shadow self. You're like, mm-hmm. he is like my shadow self mm-hmm. coming to teach me a lesson. And the moment that we can observe the lesson, accept ourselves for not knowing what we didn't know, free of ourselves, then the shadow will, you know, be taken to the light. Yeah. So, and I haven't dreamt of them since. So, anyway, that's really interesting. Isn't that funny? Yeah. There was like a few months really where I'm like, why do I keep dreaming of him? And then the dream, I was like, always like really happy to see him. I would like tell him what was going on in my life. We'd be like driving around. It was like kind of like a non-eventful dream. Yeah. I'm like, why am I with this person? It's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. And I would wake up and be like, oh, thank God, Austin's here. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Like, thank God, I'm not in. The, like, I don't ever want to go back to those times. Right. It's so yeah. It's crazy. It's kind of a pitiful like, time of my life. It's not that you want it, but your subconscious is like. I need you to come back here. Yeah, I need you to come back here and I need you to tell her it's okay. I need yeah. you to console this version of her that so desperately wanted to be loved by this man who was just absolutely yanking me around. Yeah. Like just a little Yorkie dog. I just had – I was just like <laughs> – <laughs> Well, you're so young. I don't know. I feel like, you know, the inner child gets so much attention, but like the real work is with the inner teenager because that's the first time you really face rejection. I mean, of course, some people probably do as a kid, but like for me, rejection hit hard when I was like <laughs> – 17, 18, you know, and you have to really like go back and like sit with those uncomfortable feelings. And yeah, it's tough. It is tough. I feel like my inner teenager probably needs a little bit more love, even that, even as we're talking about that, because that was like my, when I was getting prescribed Adderall Vivian's years, like yeah. I, I have a lot of guilt as I've gotten older. And now that I'm like parenting Zane, who's like a soon to be teenager. And sometimes I'll get really emotional because I'm like, I was so horrible to my family. Yeah. I was just angry and I was on a lot of medication that I probably shouldn't have been taking. Maybe it wasn't the right dose. I don't want to get into that. I'm not a doctor. You yeah. do. But there was just a lot of guilt and also shame because yeah, I, I have say shame. Shame. Sure. Because I look and I mean Zane is so sweet to me and I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, like knowing how much Austin and I care and how much we're like going to his games and all these things. And I would just be like, nah, fuck off. You know, I was just such a little twerp. And there is a lot of shame where I'm like, oh, like my family really, they, even though, listen, they're not perfect. Okay. We all have our stuff, but they loved me and my needs were met and they provided for me and they, they worked hard and you know, they did the best they could. Yeah. And I just was so – there were times where I just felt so ungrateful. And it makes me sad now that I'm older and now that I'm in this position where I'm like, oh, whatever Zane wants. Like when he gets excited about something, I'm so – I'm like, oh, he loved my mac and cheese I made tonight. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like you get – You're sitting there like rolling your eyes at your mom. You're like, oh Yeah. You're like, mom, you made it wrong. You smell. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> now I would be like so – like I would have – I would be so hurt if I was getting that. Oh, yeah. But I think like with your inner teenager too, like – you know, a lot of like parents will dump their stuff on you and you don't know like that that's happening at that right. age. Like you haven't done the work. You haven't probably been in therapy. Like you're just you like, you don't know anything. What is this? And like, why do you feel like that? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and Allie, you had a unique situation too because your mom was very young. Yeah. My parents were 20 when they had me. Yeah. So I feel like your mom, you've said this a lot. You're like, my mom and I were, we were kind of growing up still together in yeah. some ways when your inner teenager was like, how, if you had to, if you could sum up in one word your inner teenager, like mine probably angry or a brat, like what would yours be? Ooh, mine would be, I think like worth, like, you know, really trying to prove that I was worthy of being liked by this person or being accepted by this group or, you know, 
proving something to my parents. I don't know. I think it was like, that's been a big word for me my whole life, I think. It was worth. And yeah. do you feel your perfectionism was existing on that plane of being oh, in high yeah. school? Oh, mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> just, just <laughs> also like grades or how did it show up? Yeah, with grades, with um, the thing, the activities that I would do with trying to be like, the perfect daughter, the perfect sister, the perfect student, the perfect just everything. It's so exhausting. It's so exhausting. And I think a lot of times, like, especially when you have young parents, like, they are so fearful and their fear comes down, like, really hard. Is like, you know, my parents were really strict and, like, I always felt like I was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you're going down that circle of proving that, you know, I'm not bad. I'm good. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so sweet well and also too I want to touch on breakups just to kind of wrap it up because like we're saying this was a time of high school we're getting rejected by people we like people but also you went through a pretty intense breakup recently Mm -hmm. and I I haven't had anybody recently go through a breakup come on the podcast and I would like to just get leave leave the girlies like a little bit of note the girlies the the kings the queens whoever is here listening like going through a breakup what maybe just like one one thing you wish someone had told you huh One thing I wish someone would have told me was to just stay open. Like, you don't know what's happening next. You don't know who's coming through. Like, and it's so hard because that was, like, the first time that I felt, like, lost. Like, it felt like a death Mm. in a way because, like, this person had been in my life for so long. And then the last time we talked was when we broke up. And it was a a long-distance relationship. It was over the phone. Um, And it was just, like, soul-crushing. Jarring, too. Yeah, very, like – quick too and I think that's part of like the the inner voice saying like this is not it and then like I would always pray like okay if this is not it take it away and I do that with a lot of things and so when that prayer is answered and it is taken away it's like, <laughs> You're like oh, wait fuck you know yeah um but also like let yourself feel the feelings like I didn't get out of bed for two days like I was devastated and I think that that helped me actually like recover faster because I didn't push it down like I actually like let it come up and that's a big thing for me too is I so often push things down like you know, I've been through hard things. Like I remember my dad was in the hospital with COVID and like almost died. And I was there for the whole thing. And I did not feel anything during it. Like I was just like, all right, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do it. You know, there it is. No. Like the do, do, do. And then driving back to Nashville, like after he'd already gotten out of the hospital, I started like bawling, just it kind of caught up with me. And I think that that's, you know, if I wouldn't have been in therapy and been doing, you know, work throughout the relationship and the breakup, like I would have been tempted to kind of revert back into that. Mm. But because, you know, I've, I've realized that that's something that I do and just instead letting myself feel and, you know, saying this is really hard and letting my friends know like, hey, I'm really struggling, struggling. You, with this. you texted me and told me that you're like, yeah. I'm having a really hard time. And I was really proud of you because I think it's hard for you to ask for help. Oh, yeah. It's so hard to ask for help. And also to, like not have that like happy face. Like yeah. everything's great. Like yeah. we broke up, but like no big deal. Yeah. It was she was like, like it's fucking terrible. And I was yeah. like, tell me about it. Let's go on a walk and talk about it. Yeah. But just like let it out as quick as you can because I think that's when you bounce back fast. Yeah. Just uh, giving yourself the time to mourn the loss. I and mean, it is like a death. Yeah. It's like this huge part of your life. And then one day you wake up and you're like, I don't even know this person. Yeah. And then also like releasing the timelines. Like I'm big on releasing timelines. Like I am not about a timeline. I hate it. And I think you see other people and you're like, okay, well, they waited, you know, six months to start like getting out there again. And like, it doesn't matter. Like it's when you feel ready, like let all of that go. Release the timeline, release the expectation. We're overcoming perfectionism. Yeah. I'm definitely just a throw spaghetti at the wall, girly. So I'm going to throw I'm, it. Throw it. <laughs> throw it. It's fine. You can clean it up and throw more spaghetti. It, right. it, like you said, there. I think that 
people do not realize how many things you could actually do in a year. You could move five times. Me and Austin, we've literally moved four times this past year. Like you can move, you can start over, you can start a project, you can launch it, you can delete it. It's like we really do live in this timeline where things change so quickly. Mm -hmm. We were we were raised by a generation who was going to ride or die out there. Like my mom worked her job for 40 years. Yeah. Now, was she happy for all 40 years? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe there was other things she wanted to do. But she didn't do them because she was going to stick it out. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to. Yeah. yeah. And the whole, like, you have to work really hard and be miserable to, like, make a lot of money and be successful. And, like, I have this – I love my dad. He's such, like – we're so close, but I remember him telling me when I was like in high school or like maybe coming out of college, he was like, you know, you're not going to make real money until 30 or after 30. <laughs> no. And I think I carried that around with me my entire twenties. And I think it was blocking me from a lot of things. Oh. And so that's like another, you know, career programming that we just have to be like, nope, no timelines. My dad would always say, you'll never make money unless you work for yourself. So I was like, just freaking obsessed with like working for myself even if maybe there was a job that I could have stayed in to learn a little bit more yeah. you know what I mean like I think there are it's it's very much a like word magic like in a way when people say you know it's a spell it's a spell you're not gonna make any money till you're 30 and you absorb that that's a spell yeah. that's where I'm like y'all practice your energetic protection I got courses always in my <laughs> LinkedIn bio because yeah. it is it's like don't be casting those spells don't be swinging those things at me and our parents didn't mean they just no. they wanted to they wanted to protect us, mm -hmm. but I think that if we really got honest with ourselves and wrote out a couple of those things that we're like, hmm, what have I been carrying around? Yeah. You can free that stuff. Oh, totally. Just by looking at it, observing it, accepting it, sending it some love. Yeah. Letting Boom. it go. Letting it go. I feel like I've carried around so much with me. Like I did this breathwork session and it was like a lot about like inner child and my inner child was like my seven-year-old self and I was carrying around this purple backpack and it was so heavy. And I was, like, dragging it along. Aww. And so a lot of that was, like, unpacking, like, okay, someone told me this, and, like, it's really heavy. I'm going to let that go, and then I'm going to put, like, a feather in the backpack, and it's going to be something light and true that I want, you know, not something that someone has just kind of placed on my back. I love that. Mm -hmm. You're in your inner child vision. She's wearing – she's carrying – she's literally carrying other people's shit. Yeah. She's carrying a backpack full of things people have told her to do. But it's funny because I see feathers all the time now. Like oh. everywhere I go, it's really wild. That's your inner child. She's like, sprinkle, sprinkle. Yeah. Angels, sprinkle, Here's something sprinkle. light. <laughs> yeah, here's something light. You yeah. don't have to carry it all. So for anybody listening who feels they've been carrying a lot, girl, put that shit down. Yeah. It's heavy and you don't have to carry it. Yeah. Especially if it's somebody else's stuff. Right. That's just permission today. Learn your human design. Learn more about yourself. Put some stuff down. Look for the feathers. Look for the feathers. Look for the lightness. Thank you, Allie, for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. This went by so fast. I know. It really flew by. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it already to be an hour. I'm like, wow, stay longer. I feel like we just got off the phone. Like, this is what I we know. were talking about. This is about. what we were talking about on the phone. <laughs> Tell us where they can find you. Tell us about the new business. Tell us all the things. Yep. Um, so my personal Instagram at Allie Bridgers, um, Wildflower at Wildflower um, underscore. I'm sure you'll have all of that in the, I'll show link notes. In the show notes. Yeah. Um, and then I also host my own podcast yes. that AG has been on, been on. Um, several times with my sister called Go Call Your Sister. It's really fun. It's just, you know, we started sister chat. It, sister chat. We started it with the intention of just encouraging listeners to call the, the sisters in their lives, whether they're related to them or not. And we have a lot of fun. So much fun. Yeah. I love you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing all of your stories <laughs> and your wisdom. I love you. Thanks for having me on. I love you. Bye. Bye. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. 
I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.